and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to you. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah. I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the Word of God. This past Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Loretta and I uh, went out to see Jerry, uh, who, for those that don't know, he's recovering from open-heart surgery, and he is doing great, but we had the greatest conversation on the way out there. And we're talking about life being what you make it. Life is what you make it. Uh, And I mentioned a commercial I had seen recently where it was a commercial for somebody's snowblower. And they show this guy out there with this great big snowblower. And they talk about, you know, life being what you make it. And and he's blowing all the snow and he's making this really cool, like, tree, not sure, uh, snow fort for his kids to play in. Um, and, you know, I thought about that, thought about, you know, it, snow blowing in the winter, that's one of those things that, boy, you can really be miserable about. And every time it snows, you can think, man, you know, I got to go out there and do this again. Or you can decide that you're not going to do that. You're, you're not going to let it get you. You're going to, you're going to, find a way to look at this positively. It reminded me of um, L.L. Bean catalogs that I used to receive. They're probably still the same. I don't get them anymore. But we used to get these L.L. Bean catalogs all the time. And I don't know like who their photographer was or the art editor that came up with the idea behind this and so forth, but they'd always have these pictures in there of some guy like carrying in a, a load of an armful of, of wood that he had just chopped. And, you know, there he would be in his, in his really sharp-looking flannel shirt, carrying this wood to his, lo- his stone fireplace in this beautiful log cabin house. And I'd think, man, I, I want to do that. I want to be there. Now, Chopping wood, if you look at it the wrong way, this is like, oh my gosh, I gotta go out and chop more wood, I gotta go out in the cold and carry it in. And but that that wasn't the picture I got from the way that they portrayed this. They just kind of cast it in the right light. Of course, photography is a lot about casting things in the right light, literally. But it's done to present things in the most positive light. We can do that with our minds. We can decide in life to cast everything in its best light. There's so much in life that we we don't get to to decide. We just don't get to decide. You know, they finally, I think they're finished, redoing the floors in Walmart. This, to me, personally, was a lot of inconvenience and a lot of work for something that does not look nice at all. yeah, what well, you know, they tore up the tiles and then just laid down some kind of acrylic coat over it, and you see where everything it looks very unfinished. And I guess that's urban chic or something. Um, but I wouldn't have done it that way. 
But surprisingly, they, they never asked my opinion on the matter. There's, I go through every day just coming across one thing after another of things that I think, I, I would not have done that this way. They should have done it that way, but somehow nobody really cares. I don't get to give my input on everything in my life, although all these things to, to either very small or greater degrees end up affecting me. But I don't get to decide. I don't get to decide when my store wants to make changes. I don't get to decide that my other grocery store in town went from being one of my favorite places to be to I'd rather just as go to Walmart with their lousy floors. I don't get to decide any of that stuff. I don't get to decide if it's going to snow that day or if it's not going to snow. I don't get to decide if we're going to have a fall where all the trees are beautifully colored or one like this where you know, most of them are green and they kind of will just go right to brown. But what I do get to decide is how I'm going to view that, how I'm going to look at that, how it's ultimately going to affect my life. Nobody's ever going to ask my opinion, they should, but nobody's ever going to ask my opinion on all these other matters, but that's okay. I can still go through life and make the most of every moment. Make the best of it. And it really is a matter of how you look at things and what you choose to look at, what you choose to focus on. As we were driving, I, I felt a little badly that at this time of year we should be at peak, and the colors should be beautiful for most falls in upstate New York, but they're not. But then. Loretta just said, you know, it's, it's still a beautiful day, it's sunny, it, the air just feels nice and crisp, and there's still so many colors out there if you look for them. And yes, it might not have been the brilliant reds, but when I looked around, there really was much beauty to behold. Sometimes you do have to look a little harder, and sometimes you have to choose not to really focus on one thing. You know, I mentioned photography, and one of the things I love about photography is how you can be so selective in your focus. Some of the greatest pictures I've ever taken and that other people I've known that have taken capture this one little scene, but if you looked five feet to your right or left, <laughs> it wouldn't be quite as beautiful. But you focus on just that one little slice, that one little area. That's what we have to do in our minds. There's always negatives to be found. There's always things that aren't right. There's always things we would change and things that, are, that take away. And we can either look at those things that are not the way we would like, or we can look for those things that we enjoy. We're going to look at some things to focus on this evening, rather than things not to. Look at Philippians chapter 4. It is a matter of our focus, what we focus on. And in Philippians chapter 4, one of my favorite verses of Scripture, is in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, 
Forget about all of those things. And instead, focus on the things that are false. Focus on the things that are dishonest in this world because there's so much of it so easily to be found. Focus on the things that are unjust because this world is filled with injustice. And if you allow yourself to focus on it, you will become angry and embittered and cynical. Whatsoever things are not pure, you know, defiled. There's all these things, things that are not lovely, things that are ugly in the world, things that are of bad report. My goodness, you know. When's the last time you looked at any news source and found some good report? We are just fed that which is a bad report all the time, all the time. You know, I long for, you know, if there's something, here's one of the things I'd like to change, one of the things they didn't ask my opinion about. I remember the days before there was 24-7 news coverage. You know, when you had a half hour of it, and that was enough to fill you up. <laughs> now, so, you know, apparently people just never get enough of bad report because it's coming at them 24-7 from all kinds of places. Mm-hmm. But the Word of God doesn't tell us to focus on all those negatives. Instead, it tells us that if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. There is virtue. There's virtue in God's Word. And there's virtue in the people that believe God's Word, and there's virtue still to be found in the world around us. There are those people that are kind. There are those people that are loving. There are those people that, that do good things. People that have done great things for me. People that that have helped me. People that have helped you. And we can think about and ruminate over the occasional slight or hurt. Or we can choose not to focus on those things, but rather think on those things that are lovely and of good report. Think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Those things of God's Word, the truth of God's Word that Paul taught and lived, and that we continue to be able to hear and continue to be able to live and be blessed by those who are living it. Those things do, and the God of peace shall be with you. That's how we keep God's peace. That's how we enjoy the peace of God. God never leaves us. He's never leaving us. But he won't go into darkness if that's where we want to go. We can leave him. We can leave him in our fellowship. You know, It's a walk. And there you are. You're walking down that road. You're walking down that road with God. But if we decide that we want to wander off into some path that takes us into the deep, dark, neverlands, then God's not, he's light. He can't go there. He cannot go there. We choose. We choose what to think, what to live. Look at 1 John chapter 4. Something else to focus on. In 1 John Chapter 4, and in verse 4, we read, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, 
because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We can choose to look for the things in us that are greater than the things in the world and focus on that. To focus on the fact that we are greater than, that the power of God within us and God within us is greater than those that are of the world. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The world, if we focus on it, boy, that's, that's never going to bring us peace. But to think about God's goodness, to think about that, that certainly does. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and in verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth, knowing no man after the flesh... Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We want to focus on the best in people, not the worst. Focus on that new man, that new creation in, in God's people, in one another. Not looking for the worst, but looking for the best and focus on that. Some people just want to find fault, find fault, and we all have it to be found. We all have faults to be found, and you can look at that stuff, and you can think about that stuff, and you can talk about that stuff, but there's no benefit in that. You know, Dr. Wirrell would say, small minds talk about people, Average-sized minds talk about events. Great minds talk about the Word of God. And, you know, that's what you get to decide. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and in verse 3, Well, yeah, verse 3. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. Focus on the good in yourself. Focus on the things that you do right. Don't judge yourself. Don't be critical of yourself. Don't beat yourself up over stuff because that's never going to make you feel any better in life. And it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you to be better. But if you want to enjoy life, then focus on all the good things that you've done. Focus on all the wonderful qualities. And if you're the worst person literally on the face of the earth, but you're born again, then just focus on that. Focus on the Christ in you, the inner man. But when we focus on those things, that's what we become. You're a lot happier. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 16. First Samuel chapter 16. This is the record here where the, the prophet Samuel goes to anoint David. 
It's a verse that a lot of you know. In verse 7, 1 Samuel 16, 7, and here it says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. God looks on our heart, not the outward appearance. And that's what we want to do with ourselves and with one another. Well, I've got a lot of verses that I won't go through if we keep doing it this way, so let's all start looking up some of these. Dylan, would you go to Mark chapter 5? Who else? You got a Bible you want to read? Uh, you can go to Philippians. You know what? We'll just skip that one. Go to Matthew chapter 14. Mike, would you go to Romans chapter 7? Who else got a Bible? Rita, would you go to, what did I just say, Philippians? Romans 7. Romans 7. Okay, Philippians 4. And then I'll have you, since you're in that neighborhood, also go to Philippians 2 right after that. Um, Pete, you can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. All right, Dylan, you have Mark chapter 5. Would you read verse 36? Mark 5, 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. So you may recognize that that's the record of what Jesus Christ on his way to, to heal the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus' daughter. And news has just come that she's died. And why bother? And the immediate words Jesus Christ says to the to the Father is, be not afraid, only believe. You choose, again, what to focus on. Do you focus on that which is going to instill fear in you, or do you focus on the promise of God that will give you the deliverance from that which you're afraid of? Matthew 14, verse 22. Okay, this is a long one. Verses 22 to 33. And straight away Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into, the, into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if, be thou, if it be thou, bid me come unto, unto the water, unto the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down 
out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when, and when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, of a truth thou art the Son of God. Uh, up to what? 33? Yeah, that's it. Okay, thanks. So there again is a situation that by the five senses, looking at the wind, looking at the storm, it caused doubt within Peter. You know, so long as he was looking at the master, when he was focused on the master, there he was walking on, on the water. You know, there he was doing it. But when he took his focus off of the master, when he took his focus off of Jesus Christ and looked at the circumstance, he became filled with fear and began to sink. That's how it is in life. When we're focused on God, when we're focused on his son, Jesus Christ, when we're focused on what he did for us, when we're focused on the promises of God's word and who we are, man, we can do anything. We can do anything. But when we look at the circumstances, now we become filled with fear, and that same thing that we were doing, we can't. Mike, you're in Romans 7, Romans 7 verse 18. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. So, if we focus on the flesh, if we focus on our old man, we're always in that state. Mm. We're always in the state of the things that I'd really like to do, you know, that progress toward my goal, that change in my life, that new character trait that I want to put on from God's Word. If I look at the flesh, when I focus on that, then the things that I can do, that I want to do, I can't. And the things I don't want to do, somehow I just keep doing them. I just stay in that rut. But it's, again, a matter of what we focus on. Do we focus on the old man? Do we focus on our limitations according to the flesh? Or do we focus on who we are in Christ? Who's next? Rita? Where are you? Philippians 4 and Philippians 2. Okay, 4.13, right in light of what I was just saying. Okay. Okay. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's the new man, and that's, that's where we want to focus. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Anything good, anything positive, anything that's really of God, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's our ability. And then Philippians 2.4. 2, 
Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So we can focus on our own things. We can focus on self, or we can focus on others. Mm. You know, I was thinking, I, I mentioned a little just a, a couple minutes ago about good small minds, talk about people, average minds, events, large, large great, minds. great minds talk about God's word. But you know what else is real revealing? Not just what those minds talk about, but what they think about. If you monitored the thought life of most people and cons- measured it out, mapped out, took, took a, a time record of how much they spent time they spent thinking about self and how much time they spent thinking about others, I would wager to guess that it would be pretty heavy on the side of self, that people spend a lot more time focusing on self than others, their needs, their desires, their wants. But great minds think about other people. They think about God, and they think about others and what they can do to help others. Not others in the sense of, you know, tearing down somebody, but others in terms of how to bless and how wonderful that blessing they receive from someone else is. Pete, what do you, where do you? 2 Corinthians 12. Okay, verse 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. All right, thank you. You know, so we can focus on God's power or we can focus on our weakness. Well, I'm going to go through the rest of this list rather quickly here. We won't look up together all these references. If you if are taking notes, you can jot it down. Um, if not, I suppose you could always watch the video and catch the scripture references that way. <laughs> In Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 8 to 10, we're encouraged to focus on God's grace rather than our works. We are saved by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we want to continue to focus on God's grace in our lives rather than our works and all that we have to do. In Philippians chapter 4, in verse 11, we can learn that we can focus on what we have rather than what we lack. Focus on what you have rather than what you lack. There's so much. We have so much. And God's blessed each person here with so much in their lives. You know, I make this point often. We live in a country where the poorest person in our country has it better off than some of the richest and some others. Mm. There are countries in this world that, man, if they got to eat that that week, they were blessed. (laughs) And maybe only a slight exaggeration. Well, I'll keep going. In Philippians 4.17, focus on the things that you have to give rather than on what you can get. There's a great attitude, what you can give 
rather than what you can get. In Romans 8, in verses 37 through 39, where we learn we are more than conquerors, you want to focus on how big God is and how great the power he's given you is rather than how big the problem is. We're more than conquerors. There will always be things to conquer. There will always be negatives that do come up and problems that do arise. And you can either focus on how big that problem is or how big God is and how great he's made you to be more than a conqueror. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 25, we want to focus on what God's word says rather than what the world says. And there are those two kinds of wisdom, the wisdom of this world and the wisdom of God. Hmm. Which are you going to focus on? The wisdom of the world, which is earthly, sensual, devilish, or the wisdom from above. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 25, we, fo- we learn that we can focus on what God is telling us by way of his spirit rather than what the five senses tell us. Walking by the spirit rather than by the flesh. In Romans chapter 13, no, Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, you can focus on what you can do for others rather than what they can do for you. Mm. You know, Jack Kennedy said, ask not what you're... What you ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Well, I don't care what country you live in. Ask what you can do for others. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, focus on the goal rather than the task. Press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. You know, Paul didn't have an easy life, but that's not what he was focused on. Neither was Jesus Christ when he endured the cross. Rather, they were focused on the joy that was set before them. And finally, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, focus on the things that are eternal rather than the things that are temporal. Focus on that which is laid up for us in heaven and all that we have in Christ rather than these temporary things that are but for a moment. God bless you. You can't bring me down, the word is on my mind.